Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse who oddly enough has no kids, yet a huge passion for informing and empowering women on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me every week as we dive in to all things prenatal, postnatal, birth, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Good morning and welcome back. Today I thought we would talk about postpartum hemorrhage. I feel like a lot of moms do not know much about postpartum hemorrhage. You've probably heard about it, heard the word, know that it has something to do with excessive bleeding postpartum, but don't know exactly what it is. And it can be super scary when you don't know what it is and it happens to you. So my goal is to inform you and kind of tell you about the things that can happen before, after, and during delivery. So let's jump right on into what postpartum hemorrhage is what can cause it, what can increase your risk for it, and what we do when it happens. So that way, when a bunch of people come rushing into your room, if this does happen to you, you kind of know what's going on a little bit more from a nursing standpoint. So about 3 to 5% of OB patients will have a postpartum hemorrhage, um, which is a semi-small number, but I will say that it happens more than we definitely would like how is it defined so it's depends on your hospital's policy but we typically say it's greater than a 1000 blood loss 1000 milliliters so we measure that with an ebl and a qbl so ebl is your estimated blood loss which your provider will give at your delivery whether it's c-section or vaginal delivery they will take a look at how much blood that they that it looks like you've lost and they will give us their estimated blood loss so your total blood loss is going to be that estimated blood loss plus the QBL, which is your quantitative blood loss, which is what we measure after we do all of your fundal checks, which is where we kind of push on your uterus, massage your belly after you deliver. And sometimes it's totally normal, obviously, to have some vaginal bleeding, some clots come out after that. And we do run a screening on every admission for a postpartum hemorrhage risk. So it's going to ask us questions. Um, Sometimes we ask you if we don't know the answer, obviously, but it will ask, like, does the patient have a history of a family with a bleeding disorder, history of family member with a postpartum hemorrhage? Um, Do they have any previous uterine incisions or surgeries? How many previous vaginal births have they had? a bunch of things like that. And we just answer yes and no basically to most of them. And it will tell us whether you are high risk, moderate risk, or no risk. Well, not necessarily no risk, but low risk. And then from there, it will kind of prompt us with an order set. And if you are high risk, we will usually insert another IV. So you will have two IVs while you are um, in labor. That way, in case of a postpartum hemorrhage, we have two IV access points. So what will increase the risk for a postpartum hemorrhage happening to you There's a couple things that we kind of look out for and prepare for. Um, If you have a shoulder dystocia, which is basically where one of the baby's shoulders gets stuck behind the pelvis or the pubic bone, and we kind of have to have pressure applied to the top of your fundus to kind of slide that shoulder, push it past that. Another thing that will increase your risk is obviously having a long labor, pushing past an undilated cervix. So sometimes you'll be nine centimeters and you might just start pushing depending on if the physician tells you to if you're going natural and you just feel like you need to pushing past that little bit of cervix that is not completely moved out of the way can cause that cervix to tear retained placenta of course Um, macrosomnia so just a big baby a large baby can cause increased tearing multiple gestations so having more than one baby A traumatic birth using forceps or vacuums will cause excessive trauma which can increase the risk for a postpartum hemorrhage And then a precipitous delivery, which is basically just a very fast delivery. We kind of refer to them as stop and drops. Um, As an OB nurse, we just kind of, that's our slang term for it. It's a stop and drop. It's basically a woman who walks in 
onto our unit and she lays in a bed and drops out a baby to stop and drop. And that can definitely increase your risk for postpartum hemorrhage just because the baby comes out so fast that a lot of times the cervix and the vaginal tissue surrounding that area does not have time to stretch and to dilate like normal throughout labor when the baby's head just slowly drops into the birth canal, drops into the cervix and just stretches out that entire area. So postpartum hemorrhage is mainly caused by four things. We call them the four T's. So it's tone, trauma, tissue, or thrombin. So starting off with tone, that is your uterine tone. So after you deliver, 70% of postpartum hemorrhages are caused by uterine tone, which is basically meaning that your uterus is just not cramping down. It's not toning back up and it's not doing its own job to kind of expel the placenta, expel the rest of the clots, and stop the bleeding. The second one is uterine trauma. So that can be a uterine laceration, Um, hematoma, uterine rupture. Third thing is uterine tissue, which is basically any retained tissue, retained placenta, retained clot. Uterine tissue can also be like an invasive placenta that has grown into the uterine wall. And then the fourth T is thrombin, which is basically a coagulation issue. Postpartum hemorrhage can occur anywhere from the first day postpartum up to 12 weeks postpartum. Obviously me being an OB nurse, I don't really deal with it past three days. Um, I will say though that if it's going to happen most, almost always, it's going to happen within those first hours following delivery. Um, We are doing tons of fundal checks after you deliver. And if there are clots in there, hopefully your nurse is pressing hard enough and really just trying to expel them out. That is going to be the best way to prevent a postpartum hemorrhage happening after that first day up to those 12 weeks. So how do we fix a postpartum hemorrhage? Like I just said, fundal massages are the main thing. We press on your belly usually every 15 minutes following delivery. And then we go to every 30 minutes and every hour. And then we weigh those pads. So that's where our EBL and QBL comes in. We measure your blood loss through weighing out your pads. We plug them into the computer and it tells us how much blood was actually in those pads. The other thing that we can do besides a fundal massage, if we're noticing a lot of clots and kind of trickling of blood that's not stopping with all of our fundal rubs is a bimanual expression. Now, me as a nurse, I will not do this. I will usually call the physician. They will come do it. But it's basically an internal expression of any clots or placenta that might be retained. They basically shove their hands into your uterus and kind of do like a little sweep and pull them out. Um, As far as medications go for fixing a postpartum hemorrhage, we give Pitocin, which is kind of routine at my hospital at least. Every delivery, we usually give you at least one bag of Pitocin, and that goes into your IV. We like it to run three to four hours over the course of your postpartum period, just those first three to four hours after delivery. We can also give Cytotec. That is a little pill that helps your uterus cramp up um, and helps that tone come back, and that can be given orally or rectally after delivery. Um, And depending on if it's oral or rectally, we give you a different dose. We do give a higher dose rectally. But basically when you have a postpartum hemorrhage, we activate a protocol and it tells us like our first line, the second line, and what medications we're going to give based on your blood loss and if you're actively bleeding. So sometimes we'll have a patient who will have a blood loss, especially C-sections, and it will be well over a thousand mLs adding up the EBL and the QBL. And we'll activate the protocol because it, you know, we have to because you hit that threshold. But a lot of times if you are not actively bleeding, we will not give these medications, especially with a C-section, because a lot of times you will go over that threshold because you had a surgery. Um, 
but just because you went over that threshold, if you're not actively bleeding, we do not necessarily have to give the medications. Some other things we do is we will drain your bladder. So obviously your bladder filling up just puts more pressure on that uterus and draining your bladder can help reduce the risk of you bleeding. Um, we can insert what's called a Bakri balloon. And that is basically like a tamponade for the blue, for the bleeding. So it is a balloon that will go into your uterus and it will hold pressure on whatever's bleeding, whether it be a vessel, um, your cervix, the lining of your uterus. It will hold pressure on the bleed for a temporary amount of time. Um, we fill it with saline, about 500 cc is the max that we do. Last but not least, we can do a DNC or a hysterectomy. So a DNC is where they go in. It's another surgery. They go in, they kind of clean out the uterus. Um, and then a hysterectomy is obviously if it is absolutely severe, like you are just, you will not stop bleeding. We can do a hysterectomy, which is, which is where we remove your uterus. And that is, that is a kind of end all be all. Like we do not know what to do. We cannot get you to stop bleeding. That is the complete last thing that we ever want to do to somebody is a hysterectomy, but we will, if we have to, of course, in the hospital, we have an entire kit, like a postpartum hemorrhage kit that we'll just bring to your room. It has our medications in it, our Bakri balloons if we need it, has tons of equipment to manage a postpartum hemorrhage. And it will not just be like your nurse in there managing you if you hemorrhage. There will be multiple other people in there just helping out, helping grab meds, helping call the physician, helping to just assist in any way that you're going to need extra hands. So when you see a lot of people rush in and, you know, of course we will tell you, hey, you're just having a little bit extra bleeding. We're going to give you some medications, help you out help your uterus to cramp up. We'll probably be pushing on your belly and massaging your belly. Um, your physician might manually express some of those clots if they need to. Signs and symptoms for you to look out for. For a postpartum hemorrhage is going to be pain, just like an increasing pain in your abdomen that will not go away. Feeling of like impending doom almost. So a lot of times after you lose all that blood, you will feel just like sick. Like I've I've had a patient tell me, I, f- I feel funny. Like I feel kind of like I'm going to die, <laughs> which is something that no nurse or healthcare provider ever wants to hear. But seriously, sometimes people get that feeling when you're losing so much blood so fast. They're like, all your blood just drains out of your vascular space. Your blood pressure usually drops significantly and you get this crazy feeling of like impending doom. And then another thing that you can look out for is just like, just a lot of bleeding. Like sometimes you'll feel a ton of gushes and a couple is okay when you're moving or wiggling around in bed. And like I said, your nurse should be looking at your bleeding. Your nurse should be moving your legs, pushing on your belly, and watching how much blood is coming out. Complications after a postpartum hemorrhage. So, of course, you can have anemia. And we almost on all of our patients will draw an H&H, so a hemoglobin and hematocrit, looking at your blood count the morning after delivery. So it gets drawn when you come into the hospital and then it will get drawn one day after you deliver. And we kind of can compare those numbers just to kind of get an estimate of how much blood loss you've actually lost in your blood count. We can see your red blood cells, hemoglobin, hematocrit. Another complication is fatigue. Of course, after you deliver, you're always going to be a little bit fatigued because you had a baby, you have a newborn now. But losing that extra little bit of blood can cause some excessive fatigue. And then another complication postpartum with a hemorrhage is going to be blood transfusion. So um, getting some blood transfusion really just helps you feel so much better, especially if you go home and you don't get that transfusion, if you lost a lot of blood. That that fatigue and anemia can drag on for weeks. It can take your body so long to replenish all that blood. 
So us giving you a simple transfusion that takes us a couple hours really helps that postpartum period. You just want to be aware. I want you to be proactive in your recovery and in your care because as a nurse, I want to be the one to catch it, of course. I want to be so proactive in my care that I already have the medications I need. Hopefully, you've already gotten Pitocin. I'm rubbing your uterus to the point where it is just cramping up beautifully. And that is what happens. Like I said, this is 3 to 5%. So 95% of the time or more, that is what happens. We rub your fundus good. You're pro- we're proactive in your care. You're proactive in your care. You're educated and your uterus cramps up beautifully. You have minimal bleeding. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And I just want to educate you on kind of the risks of a postpartum hemorrhage, how you can be so proactive in your care to prevent it, to recognize it. And just hopefully this will not happen to you. And if it does, we are well prepared and equipped to handle it. And that is kind of the down and dirty on a postpartum hemorrhage. Real quick, lots of information, but I really want to keep these podcasts kind of short and sweet for you just to be able to take in the information, digest it, not overload necessarily, um, but definitely just prepare you for things that can happen in the hospital, things that can happen prenatal, during labor and delivery and birth and also postpartum. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you are a little bit more comfortable I guess with the idea of a postpartum hemorrhage at least if it happens you kind of know what it looks like how to recognize it what's going to happen to you if it does happen and you just kind of feel a little bit more confident going into your birth postpartum hemorrhages are not rare we know how to handle them we're very confident with how to handle them and I just want you to feel empowered to also be confident with how to handle them how to recognize them and how to just again be able to take charge of your experience, make the choices that you want to make and just educate you on all the things. So I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and I will see you next week to talk more about the bump. And of course, I know you all probably know this, but I have to add it in. I make every effort to broadcast correct information through this podcast, but I am still learning so much. So I am in no way providing medical advice through this podcast, just sharing the things that myself and others have experienced or learned. Make sure to consult your physician before taking anything from this podcast and changing your health. This applies to any guests or contributors that I also have on this podcast. Thank you. And I will see you next week.